Welcome back to the Delia Dad Podcast here on episode number 45, Dad. <laughs> 45. Welcome to the podcast, Dad. 45th time here on a Monday night. What's up, Dad? Oh, it's 45. Oh, my God. I mean, it's getting closer. Yeah. But this number is magical, really. It is magical. 45. Okay. An exciting time. <laughs> yes. And welcome to everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Delia Dad. And um, we're up and going. So here we go. Yeah, yeah. It's a big thing to just to have this continuation of this podcast. And um, it's been a joy. It's been a joy to have, just, you is, know. Yes, it is. It is. The last 40, well, now after this, 45 episodes, Dad. Yeah. 45. I know. I know. I know. I know. But it's good. It's good to be here. It's good to have this podcast going. And again, just huge shout out to other listeners who continue to help. You know, listen to our podcast and to um, let us know that they listen to it. I think that's also a big thing for us to, you know, have that encouragement to continue. Uh, just to know that this is actually benefiting other people. And so, um, just again, huge shout out to everybody to who has listened. And um, an invitation: if you would like to support the podcast, please by all means um, go to anchor.fm/slash/delay/dad/slash/support, and you will be able to actually contribute to this cause. And again, like I said, it's in, in previous episodes, it's. It's free to you, free to listen to, but not free to make. So, invested a lot into to this, and so if you want to give back in, in any way, shape, or form, um, definitely that's one way that you can support the podcast uh, by going to anchor.fm/slash/delay/dad/slash/support. There you go, and I thank you, thank you for that uh, support. Um, also, another sidetrack support is if there is a particular. A message that you encounter through our podcast and there's someone else who might benefit from it please 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 by all means have them share and listen to that podcast that's one way of you doing something positive in the sense of what we're trying to do uh, we're telling our story basically that's what it is and of course our story um, is there very transparent very clear on how much we have been loved by God and how much we want to respond to this love. And basically, that's that's the bottom. That's it, really. But if you wish to share this same love with somebody who might benefit from this, please do. And that's part of also being um, a supporting cast of Delia Dad. And I, I truly, on behalf of Beto myself, really appreciate that. So it's a little... Shout out, it'll invite. So, it's all. Yeah, definitely. It's so, again, just an invitation for, for you all. Um, and the cool thing is that we, I think we've covered enough topics for any person, you know, that it, it could be anybody. We've yeah. gone through certain situations and talked about certain things that, um, that people can actually not just relate to, but understand. Yeah, I, that was totally me. Or perhaps, maybe... We've been able to maybe shed some light on some things that they can actually do, take action on, and maybe help them, you know? And so for us, that's the thing. Like, we don't know unless you tell us. And so one of the things that we always pray about is just really hoping that this podcast can actually benefit those who listen to it. And not just benefit in the sense of, oh, that was a good listen, you know? Or that was like a good uh, downtime to just put your headphones on. Or if you're commuting, you know, you can listen to this. Um, but really I take action as to what we're doing and what we're trying to do. Um, and so yeah, I know that's a big, that's a big thing that we always hope for. But at the end of the day, there's always an invitation to to each podcast 
a certain action that has to be done. Not has to be done, but it's an invitation for, for it to be done. And if you've been keeping up, and if you've been doing all the invitations, you have been invited to a lot of things. <laughs> uh-huh, indeed. <laughs> so. Well, on that note, um, I, I have to agree with you because um, when they, you know, come up to me and, and or they went across and, and they, they remember about the podcast and say, hey, I listened to your podcast. I really liked it. And my question is, why? <laughs> yeah. The why? Big why? You know, what is it that you liked? And they go on and they go ahead and, and, and share that. And by the time you know it, um, we've engaged into something that um, has more meaning or a follow-up of us to what we experience here at the podcast. So on that note, you know, it gives us an opportunity to grow together yeah. because I also listen and I also grow as you share your input. And, and I think that uh, this is very valuable on exactly what we're trying to do. Exactly. And so, you know, because of what, we're, of what we're doing, we're in episode 45. We are in the segment of Monday night. What what, we're gonna, what do we get to look forward to today? Well, I have to be, you said it before and I've said it before as well, that in, in our podcast, Delia Dad, we have been very transparent. Yeah. And I have to share to our listeners uh, something that I, um, I end up doing this past uh, 23rd of June of this year and I haven't published it at all on Facebook or anything like that but uh, this is my first revelation of saying that uh, as of June 23rd of this year 2021 um, I went ahead and and, uh, submitted my resignation on a leadership role when it comes to the appointment that I had for the state uh, for the Knights of Columbus, for the uh, Texas State Council, um, under the direction of um, uh, State Deputy um, Alfredo Vela. And my appointment that I had was to work with the Dais of Laredo reactivation process of all those councils that are dormant at this time. And I also submitted my resignation on a diocesan level for the Knights of Columbus when he comes to being the assistant diocesan deputy. And uh, the reasons for my submission of this um, resignation process was because, you know, there's there's some things that um, I need to take care of when it comes to my well-being. I'm okay as far as um, when it comes to the health. Um, we're still working on that. We're dealing with that. We're, we're doing some test and results here and there but also mm, the other more important area was my state of um, you know emotional state psychological state I'm not crazy okay Uh, Uh, I'm not suicidal okay just making all those points clear but yes indeed um, I had to kind of um, regroup myself and I needed to have that space um, not too long ago most of you already know that um i am back into the retirement retirement mode when it comes to a catechist i've completed my process and responsibilities with saint saint joseph catholic church here in laredo uh we've been able to confirm most of uh uh, candidates in in my class uh we had about three pending but that's coming up uh, in a couple of months um so I'm, i'm i'm off being a, a, a catechist, I'm off being um, 
a uh, leadership role assigned by the state or the diocese under the Knights of Columbus. But I, by all means, I still am very much very strong um, not member of the Knights of Columbus when it comes to the vision of Father McGivney. And, and now, I believe that I have embraced myself because it kind of got into humor. Uh, kind of uh, accepted and embraced uh, the idea of now let's see what I can do without no titles yeah. when it comes to the love of the nights. And yes, I'm, I continue to do some things and advise and consult and do little things like that. But now it's more on a more freedom type of um, role. And I still be, you know, believe very strongly um, on the efforts that the Knights of Columbus do for our Catholic community and non-Catholic community. So on that note, I just wanted to make clear that, yes, if you have heard that I am no longer, that I have resigned. Yes, I have resigned from the leadership post, the labeling, the title, the responsibility of that. But I still continue doing the work of the Lord there. And um, I'm still moving ahead. Um, it has given me a little bit more freedom, and, and that has uh, diminished a lot the uh, stressful, worrying, um, uptight way of thinking of how and what I have to prepare. And I believe that has helped me uh, understand much better um, my situation. So I've been able to get a grip on, on more things and. And thanks be to God, um, it seems that it's going to be able to start working out pretty good. But again, uh, I'm still very much involved with our brother Knights in whatever I can do. As a matter of fact, today we will be traveling over to where? Uh, on the other side of Austin to Round Rock. Because this weekend um, that is coming up 15, 16, no, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, we're, supposed, we're supposed to be, uh, all the leadership is coming together out there. Uh, yeah, I believe it's this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So um, we were supposed to be out there. Um, so anyway, um, I'm not because I'm no longer under this um, um, title responsibility, but yet I am under the charisma, uh, the love, the dedication, um, the commitment of, of the Knights of Columbus under the vision of Father McGivney. So I just wanted to get that cleared out because this is an episode that we will continue offering uh, for our Knights of Columbus uh, and, and, and Delia Dad, which is Monday nights. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, it's, you know, it's, it, I think at this point, I think, I do think a lot, my goodness, in this last sentence, um, it's important to... Even for the listener, you know, sometimes we do have things in our plate that maybe we just got to take a step back, you know, because at the, at the end of the day, we, we have to take care of ourselves and take care of our body, take care of our mind. And, you know, sometimes it's necessary to take these necessary steps. But at the same time, um, I like how you mentioned it, just the work continues. Yes. Like the work continues. Um, I don't know, title, you know, leadership role, no leadership role. Um, and that's, that's what... The kingdom of God still is at work. It's still it's, at, it's still at hand, and so it's still a lot to do. Um, and so I think that's really important, uh, for, especially if maybe you, the listener, are in a situation where perhaps you recognize that there's a lot on your plate, and maybe you just gotta pull back from one of them, or the opposite. There's nothing on your plate. <laughs> you gotta add something. Um, but definitely, 
it's a it's it's a reality check and i think our invitation initially is to see where are you i think god proposes that question to adam and the garden i think he is a good question for us today like where are you and not so much your ge- geographical location rather where are you in relation to him and it's a really good startup question to really ponder on um and to think about But it's really, really important again just to recognize these things. Your interior life is important. Your health, your mindset—all of these things are really, really important. And so, take a step back today to ask the question: Where are you in relation to God? But also, where are you in your health, your mental state, and all these things that that transpire that make up who you are? Because again, you are very valuable. You are a child of God, and you are to be treated as such and to be uh, valued as such. And so, that is our invitation, initial invitation. Right, right, and. You know, we all go through this um, this phases of our reality in life. This part of the stage of life that we find ourselves in, and there's nothing wrong with it. It, it is, as a matter of fact, very normal. Um, I think that as a dad, uh, the best way to describe this is, you know, um, it happens to mom and dad. Every time there's a child that comes into your life. That newborn, um, your stage of life totally changes. Um, having a little baby, um, you know, days old, weeks old, months old, um, that stage of life changes who you are and what you got to do because you have to be very cautious, conscious, and very active. And listening to your surrounding, if the baby is crying, if the baby is not crying, mm. you know. So uh, I, I think that just as we, you know, whoever, all those, you know, dads and moms that have kids, you know for a fact that when that newborn is in your house, your life changes. Forget about the style of life. No, your life changes. And as every child comes into your life. <laughs> That's how much change your life has gone through. So, when we experience something like this, and and like what I'm going through, um, like you said, you, you, we need to kind of step back and and kind of see uh, that analogy that you that you used about you know how much things we have on our plate. Sometimes some of us we have bigger plates than others. Um, some of us almost you know have two different plates, one plate in each hand. And they're full, and you find yourself saying, "How can I do this if I'm really preoccupied in what I'm doing?" Well, it, it's a time to see what is the best thing that you're doing. How are you accomplishing what God really wants from you? Because yes, God wants us for something. God wants us for someone. God wants us. Period. But then there is that other part of us that we. I also want. Okay, they want me to do this. Okay, this others want me to do this, and many times your plate is full of that because you have said yes to all these things. Obviously, okay, that's why you have all these things on your plate. But the most important one is what God is asking from you, because He knows exactly what you can deliver. Okay. Uh, the people who want you to do things for them, yes, 
but it's at a convenience to them or a belief that the, you can do whatever they're asking of you. So when it comes to us, you know, we have to be honest. And I think the best way to to see ourselves in this honesty, which is a, a challenging thing to do in, in nowadays in our society, to be honest, uh, especially to yourself, is to actually reflect on what the gifts of God are doing in your life. Um, and it brings to mind, um, for example, two different ones. Uh, we have the gifts that are given to us in baptism, and then there's strengthening confirmation, the gift of the Holy Spirit. But there's also the, the virtues that are given to us by God as a gift, especially the cardinal virtues that make a difference in who I am because they work so well with what God has created. So for us to respond to God, we have to use those gifts so they can blossom. Okay, So we can have, uh, in the language of the Holy Spirit, have those gifts of the Holy Spirit so that now we can enjoy the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Well, the same thing, the same thing happens with the gifts that God gives you. He has given you these gifts. In other words, you have them. What you do with a gift makes all the difference in the world, especially yours. Okay, so how are we responding? Like I said, I, 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 I resigned from my title responsibilities, but I still continue doing part of those responsibilities because of the love and respect and the commitment that I'm convinced on what the vision of Father McGivney is, you know, with the Knights of Columbus. So I believe that as strong leaders in our faith, okay, we have no title on that, okay? There is that love that is focused, okay? And you mentioned at the beginning that um, the work continues. Why does the work continues? Because the love continues. Okay? The love continues. And God is love. That's why we continues. Mm. Right? That, that's why it doesn't end. So on that note, uh, I think that the Knights of Columbus um, are extremely well-vested when it comes to the uh, corporal works of mercy. Okay? Yeah, we see them out there, and you can check off every single one of that list. So I'm going to have you, Beto, um, just you know, go ahead and, and, and read out the corporal works of mercy and we're just gonna name them and then we say a couple of things about it and of because so I, then we have the other group that i really want to talk about so then the first so by the way there are uh seven of these corporal works of mercy and the first one is to feed the hungry we see that so many times it's like the main one they see yeah that people of the night are always involved in, in you know, bringing some um, uh, some groceries or putting out some type of, uh, uh, you know, plate sale either to get a fundraiser going for something and they use food. On, but feeding the hungry is, is something that is very notorious for the Knights of Columbus that they do a lot. Definitely. Uh, giving drink to the thirsty. Kind same of thing. Same thing. Same thing. Right now with Laredo's water shortage that we had, we got to yeah. boil the water. Okay. Here, you know, we saw some nights here in Laredo 
being involved in getting some uh, water bottles to their parishioners. You know, they, they got involved and they heard, oh, we'll take them over. I'm taking them over. And, and they were doing that. You know, that's that's doing that. Now, one thing I have to interject is that in our community, you know, when I get to run across the um, uh, the Facebook wall of the city of Laredo and I start to see all this criticism on it's their job and they were supposed to do their thing and and look at the way and they start what about yours what about your responsibility why pay taxes that 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 doesn't make a difference i'm sorry okay if we are in the love of taking care of each other okay i'm not going to take care of you because you don't play you don't pay taxes okay you're you're past the age you don't have to pay taxes and uh, you're not paying it so why should i help you you're elderly you already lived no no, it is for the love of our common good. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to the corporal works of mercy, those two is just to have this the human heart survive. Food and water. Yeah. Okay? And here, um, these two elements are important. So when we start criticizing, before you start criticizing and saying, well, that, that's my opinion. Well, yeah, that's your opinion, but what have you done? to help what have you done to resolve why didn't create the problem but no but we can be part of the solution yeah okay same thing happened with with uh, COVID-19 okay because many times we don't see that love that you're responsible for to respond to you know so I don't want to get into more of that but let's go ahead and move on <laughs> Sorry. number three is sheltering the homeless it goes hand in hand we just shared and, and yes that's more difficult you know, instead of criticizing that homeless, you don't have an idea of what's going on in his or her life. Yeah. But yes, we become sometimes very judgmental. All right? Definitely. And we kind of uh, even dictate and we think of what that person has gone through or they're in this situation because it's probably their fault on whatever. And here it's just what? Read it again. Sheltering the homeless? Find a way. Okay, fine away. And right now, not too long ago, I believe last week, I was looking over uh, California is the leading state in the United States with this humongous problem. Okay, they're up in the hundreds of thousands of homeless in, in, in their state. Okay, I believe Texas was ranked number four. Okay, with 50 some thousand. Okay. But California had several hundreds of uh, thousands of, of, of homeless. So what are we doing? Yeah, we say it's getting worse and worse, but what are we doing? You know? So that's why this corporal work of mercy is for us to kind of wake up on what we can do, what I can do. Definitely. The fourth one is to clothe the naked. Goes also hand in hand with the homeless, you know? And, and I, I see it when... When people like all this devastation with all these people that uh, in other countries because of the water the floods and what have you even their homes have been swept away okay here in, in miami you know, we had all these families with with the uh, building that, that collapsed um and we were there on almost every day to see any survivors and then when he switched from being a surviving um search and rescue to now uh, recovery I mean, that was hard to swallow. No. Yet, well, this is like, yeah, that's happening over there. It's 
it's also happening here. You know how many people actually don't have the proper clothing for the day? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Exactly. Uh, the next one is visiting the sick. Right now, that's so fearful. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's sad. And I just went through some very, you know, sad situation with uh, some families, but we still need to be there for them in whatever capacity, limitations or strength to be able to help the people who are in need. Sometimes um, I, I know of, of I know this family of Knights of Columbus who this particular family was going through the COVID. Well, they came over and they would rest their grocery bags right there on the porch, okay? And they gave them a call. I brought you this, it's there for you. You know, it, it, it talks about the first item that we talked about, but it, they were sick and they couldn't get out. Okay. So it goes hand in hand on just actually what can you do for them in visiting during their, their illness. I also want to add that many times before pandemic, when we would go to the hospital because there's a person that is, uh, that is in the hospital because of an illness. And um, many times... <laughs> We have to we have to learn how to visit the the sick. You're not there to do an interview. Pues que te pasó? What happened to you? And the poor person who is ill has to tell the whole story, relive the whole thing that he or she went through. And you're still there, and somebody else walks in. Ay, como sigues? What happened to you? And there she goes again, or he goes again, telling the story. Man, we have to change our ways. On visiting the sick. Well, we know that they're in they're in the hospital because they're sick. Okay, are you you know inquiring what happened to them. Are you the doctor? Are you gonna you know you know prescribe something for them? No, you're there to visit and make that moment better, not bitter. Yeah. Okay, better, not bitter. Okay, so when he comes for us and visiting the sick, please be a health environment. Be a healthy visit, not one that is going to remind the pain and or the, what the ordeal that the person went through. Exactly, that's something to think about. <laughs> yeah. The next one is to visit the imprisoned. Many times here we shy away on, no, pues hizo esto, no, pues he did wrong, he did wrong. Yes. But that person now is fully aware of what he or she did wrong in there. Yet, the mercy of God is there for us to make a positive difference. And I know that I have several people that I haven't been able to write to them. And I, as anybody knows that whenever you write to someone in, in the uh, prison system, um, there's some people that they need to open those letters and actually read them before it's handed over to the person that is delivered to. And, and, and they take note. You know, that this letter came from this person. Who is this person? They start registering all these things. Well, there there is a liability on you. Nevertheless, there's also a, a loving responsibility on, on people that are incarcerated because of what has happened or what they did by mistake or wrong. Yet, there's still that human person. There's still that soul of God. So, when we visit them... Maybe we can't do it physically, 
but yes, through letters and, and perhaps even a picture and stuff like that, uh, you got to make sure what are the guidelines on, on that correctional institution, um, you know, accept or address. And, but be there for them as well. You know, take time, you know, and, and that's exactly what I'm going to do before this month of July is over. I know three people that I, I need to follow up that I haven't, and I'll be doing that. And the last one is to bury the dead. And then that's another one that uh, we've had so much of. This past, um, you know, more than 12 months have been devastating with so many deaths. And uh, I myself, have, I've been called to um, go over and guide a rosary or the vigil um, at a funeral home because there wasn't anybody that the parish had to go pray the rosary for that person. And I would get called and I would go and I would see the anguish and the hurt is still there, still the same thing. Um, and when the COVID was, was on and only 10 people were allowed inside the entire huge place and at a distance, everybody spread out, uh, it, it was so difficult, you know, it was so difficult. And you had to wear double face mask and you have to wear shield and, and and the whole works but the need was still there to be loved and understood and it was harder because you couldn't embrace you couldn't touch you couldn't greet and that was a hard time and and, and it was very difficult when I had to go do it and I, I knew the people and my heart would go on to them and you know I'm a hugger okay and, and It's, it's hard when you couldn't do that yeah. you know, during that time. Now, you know, because of the vaccine and all these good things that are happening, but when it comes to the funeral homes, when it comes to um, visiting a, a, a family, uh, the family who has lost a loved one at home, um, many times we provide meals. We do the first thing there, but we are there to accompany them. I, like I normally now, ever since Raquel passed, I share with them, I walk with you. In walking with you, I understand you. And in them listening to me that I am walking with them, they no longer feel alone. Okay? Especially when there is a loved one who has lost their spouse. When a person loses his or her spouse, they understand each other We know, understand each other better because the first thing they say is, well, you know exactly what I'm going through. Or I say to them, now you know exactly what I'm going through. So we can work together. We can walk together. Anytime, give me a call. And we do that. And sometimes um, I have about, I want to say seven, <laughs> seven guys. Um, out of those seven, I believe three of them Uh, our brother nights that we keep in touch because we've lost our wives in the past two years and you know we kind of just say how are you hanging on how are you doing you know and the conversation kicks off you know it, we do it either to a text uh, an inbox or sometimes you know you have time yeah he calls and we're facetiming but it gives us an opportunity to walk together And it's, it's very strengthening, you know, because it's very, the love of God makes itself present. Definitely. Now, having all this um, corporate works of mercy, you know, on your end, on what you experience, you know, what can you share? Oh, I, I think just all of them have, 
have at some point came across Ion Path. Of course, feeding the hungry, um, getting drink to the thirsty. Um, I remember when you did those care packages. <laughs> yes. So it's weird because it's in wanting to do good, at least in my experience. And of course, I, I don't shy away from from those who want to continue to do the works of mercy. As to why these things happen, I don't know. But there was a time where um, we did some care we did some care packages for for homeless people, and we would go out and drive around and try to look for people um, to give these things to. Unfortunately, the two times <laughs> that we went to go do this, not that we only did it twice, but on two occasions, somehow, some way, just not that our life was in danger. It's just things are really out of hand to the point where okay, if we got to. Just be, be honest with ourselves, and, and I know we want to do good, but perhaps this is not the ideal situation to put ourselves into. Um, so it was just, you know, those that experience where, you know, you got to just kind of choose your battles, and, and you know, you have to be careful at the end of the day, because you know, of course, you don't want to be quick to, you don't want to be quick to, to, um, to judge anybody or to really like uh, have them like, okay, this is where they are, and this is what defines them. No, and they're also a child of God. So, and. It, it's just one of those things where it happened, but nonetheless, um, when it comes to the rest of the of the uh, corporate works of mercy, when it comes to sheltering the homeless, uh, I know I had a chance to work briefly with a organization that actually takes care of homeless people throughout the evening and the nights where they can stay in and they can they can enjoy at least the, the night there as opposed to being in the street, um, clothing the naked. Uh, they were, it was interesting. Um, I know I don't know how off topic this is. But actually, it's on topic. Um, when it comes to obviously, we always donate. It's a big thing for us, especially since we're asked like every month, "Hey, we're gonna donate," you know, with our clothes, because <laughs> apparently I always have too many. Um, but that's one of the biggest things that that has been for me at least uh, a constant reminder of the type of work that I gotta keep doing is to keep donating, keep giving. Um, and one thing that I want to just say when it comes to visiting the imprisoned, I, I've always wanted to. Um, I haven't had a chance to. Um, and maybe one day I will. But I know someone who does, and that's my padrino. So shout out to my padrino, Bert, who continually is ministering to these inmates um, and just really shedding some light into God's word and kind of helping them through it, through their uh, current state in life and just kind of helping them through just everything that comes with to being an inmate, you know, and it's it's not a difficult, not an easy thing to do. It's rather difficult. Um, but I know he's always continuing to do that, and he always talks about it whenever we have a chance to talk about uh, just how we're doing. This is his one of his main things that he does. And then lastly, bury the dead. Well, in burying the dead, I had, I don't know if it's a, it's going to sound weird, but it's a privilege that I had to work at a funeral home yeah. in the sense that it. Which real funeral home? I was, so I was at Joe Jackson Funeral Home, so shout out to everybody <laughs> yes. at Joe Jackson. Manuelito. Um, and by the way, actually, huge shout out to Joe Jackson Funeral Home and especially Manuel for taking care of my mom um, and services of my mom. And um, it, It's just kind of weird how you work there one day and then next thing you know, they're the ones taking yeah. care of your mom. And, you know, just one of those things where you never thought it would happen, but in those two years, um, it just helped me appreciate the value of life, but also the value of the present moment as to what they're going through and being able to walk with them, like you mentioned, um, being able to 
kind of helped them carry that cross in the moment. And we were we were more than just workers at the funeral home. We were more um, caretakers of that present difficult moment for the family. And that was entrusted to us. And so we just, I know I personally did my best to cater to them as to whatever they needed. And not just so much what they needed in the service, rather what they needed, like they themselves, um, if they were okay. Um, and because everything, again, what encompasses the, the human person. Um, and then lastly, just being able to actually pray for the, all those souls that I've had the chance to um, take care of, you know, while, while I was there. And every every time before I would, the family would come in and after they would leave, I would spend some moments kneeling by the casket and just offering up my prayers of um, both, you know, that sorrow in the sense that they're no longer here, but also that, that prayer of thanksgiving that in the hopes they're with our Lord in heaven. And I know I would always pray and before and after the family would, would be there. And so it was just really, really enlightening for me just to kind of experience this. And I think it helped a lot to prepare for when death would come into my own family. Yeah. And so. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing on that. One of the things that uh, popped into my mind right now, talking about the um, um, clothing, the, the naked. Um, over at work, since you all know that I work at Laredo ISD, um, under the Parent and Family Engagement Department. Um, our coordinator, our beloved coordinator, Pat Campos, she saw the vision of making sure that we could have clothing for our families. So a boutique was created under her vision, and we still have it. And uh, it was to, to assist, on, especially on families that would uh, suffer a, uh, a fire at their home, and they would lose mo mo most of the time everything, and they needed something right away. So there, there are some agencies that respond to that, like the Red Cross and, and, and other agencies. But um, we were able to put this together under her vision, and we are maintaining that. And we're very proud that um, she had this vision strong enough to make it a reality. So we, we have that uh, free for all the families, not only just for LISD, but for the entire communities. And, and, and they'll be taking advantage of it. We've been getting donations as well. And uh, that's how we kind of, um, you know, generate. And uh, lately, we've still been using that. So yeah, that's awesome. Kind of reminded me of that. So we're moving now to what really, um, and, and we kind of lost time. And you know, we, I lost time in, in track of uh, the time itself here, the element of it. But I really wanted to focus on the spiritual works of mercy. And um, what I want to uh, make us realize is that we are big time right now. We got to do this one here. The other ones are good and important. Yes. And we've been doing them. But now because after getting out of the pandemic, we're not completely out of it yet. But the how-to is here. Okay. In our faith, this is the how-to. Okay. So people are saying, pues a ver cómo nos va. This <laughs> is, así es como nos va a ir. Okay. They're, they're asking and see how we're going to do it. Well, this is the way we got to do it. And I think that we have this, you know, uh, rich gift that we shouldn't pass away. As a matter of fact, we, we want to elaborate on it. So, Beto, uh, I invite you once again. And I don't know the sequence of what you have it there with what I have, but I'll, I'll adjust into it. So, here we go. So the first one is to admonish the sinner. Okay. That simply means that our action, what we are to do is kindly make it make it clear to them yeah okay kindly 
And we talked about this in a couple of podcasts ago. Okay? Be kind, yeah. The power of kind. So kindly make it clear to them. We need to advise them. We need to help them. We need to assist them in having them understand, okay, why it is a sin, why it hurts. Yeah. And, and this is how we're trying to help out. And, and like in your situation, sometimes, you know, you get into areas and you get into sensitive issues that many times you tried. Yeah. But then... Um, if we remember <laughs> the mission that was given to every two apostles that Jesus sent them, sent them out by twos and don't take anything because God says you have what it takes because I've given it to you already okay you're going to share me yeah and that's exactly what you're supposed to do on kindly making it clear yeah share Jesus Okay, so when it comes to this one here, we just got to be you know, totally confident with that same conviction that it is the Lord that is going to make the difference. Not me, Carlos Rene. Yeah. Okay. But Jesus in what you're doing here, making it kindly clear, making it clear to them, you know, yeah. kindly. Exactly. Okay. <coughs> so there's four quick quick t tips Wait. as to <laughs> how to advise the sinners um, of course this is all of us we're all in this boat but number one make an act of love by making another realize the dangers of sin okay so that's again make an act of love making another realize the dangers of sin number yeah. two help others in avoiding the occasion of sin alright so help others avoiding the occasion of sin number three get someone to confession if not yourself and number four don't just tell but lead by example in virtue oh, by all means so the next one that we have here is to instruct the ignorant. Okay. The action here is simply evangelization. Yes. Okay? Taking Jesus to others. Taking the good news to others. But as something of what you just read, you got to have it. Exactly. In other words, you got to live it. You got to be part of it. Okay. So that it will work. Okay, it's not just the say so. I told you so. Mm -hmm. No, it, it is this. Okay, so when in the evangel evangelization, oh, I lost the word. Evangelization. There you go. <laughs> got to, got too excited here, because many times we bring our own good news. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah, it's no longer Jesus. It's mine. Yeah. No, it won't work like that. Okay, you're gonna create more ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. So um, when we instruct, okay, we're bringing in Jesus' good news, not us, mm -hmm. but Jesus. I just wanted to make that clear. Definitely. So, uh, five quick tips into the instructing the internet. Number one, act of love and in love in teaching others about Christ. Uh, number two, act of love and in love in teaching others about Christ's church, which is a Catholic church. Number three, help someone through tough situations. Number four, act of love and in love in correcting others when they are wrong. And of course, starting with yourself. And number five, which I think is the most important, learn and live your faith. Yeah. The next spiritual work of mercy is counseling the doubtful. Here, my simple action is really listen. Okay, just really listen, because many times, in, in, in you know, to actually to counsel the doubtful, you you need to have that person speak. 
Okay, get it out. All right. But your job is to actually just really listen. In other words, callate. <laughs> Be quiet. Okay. Don't put any words when they're kind of thinking for one. Let them finish. Okay. You keep silent. Okay. Remember, in the word listen, the magical word of how to do that is when you switch around those words of listen. The letters? The letters. Yeah. When you switch them around, you come out with a one, the, the, the powerful mystery, the surprising word, which is silent. In other words, you stay silent, you'll be able to listen. It's embedded in there. Definitely. So there, what, what do we give? Here we got about six tips here on how to counsel the doubtful. Number one, act of love and in love and showing others to love and serve God. Number two, always speak of the truth even when you're the only one. As Saint, hopefully future Saint um, Fulton J. Sheen, blessed, said that uh, if no one's right, or wrong is wrong even if everyone's wrong and right is right even if no one's right. So, uh, Number three, stand up for what is right and share it. Number four, be a shoulder for someone. Number five, authentic friendship. Friendships that lead to virtue. And number six, let others see Christ in you. Wow. Number one, two, three, four, four is comfort the sorrowful. Well, the simple action is compassion. And have Jesus' compassion. Not Carlos René compassion, but Jesus' compassion. It's not... Compasión no es lástima. Gotta, gotta be clear about this. Okay? Compasión no es lástima. Lástima es otra cosa. Mm-hmm. Okay? Compasión. Compassion is basically that. One, you gotta have passion. Okay? But this compassion is accompanied by that of Christ. Yeah. So the compassion is one that Jesus has really taught us how to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay? He has gone far and beyond on understanding the value and the power of compassion. So when it comes to this, we really have to do it Jesus' way. Exactly. And just six quick tips on comforting the afflicted. Number one, act of love and in love to help someone in any sorrow. We talked about that. Number two, refrain from making things worse. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, number three, be a spark of joy and hope to those who are afflicted. Number four, offer up your friendship and your love for them and to them. Number five, like you just mentioned earlier, write a card to someone who is suffering. Not type it, write it. Um, number six, um, well, actually number six, this is in the context of of, the, of students where they had to write a letter to their parents yeah. and telling how much they love them and why and and vice, vice versa, the parents to the kids. And so I guess if you're listening, there you go. Yeah. Um, so the next one, the next spiritual work of mercy is to bear false, sorry, bearing wrongs patiently. Okay. Here, the action is very simple. Understand. Okay. Not try to understand. No, understand. Yeah. Okay. Why that person is going through that. And here, we forget about our human dignity and respect for one another. Um, this understanding, you know, just comes as simply as when you go up to a teller and they don't give you a smile. Mm-hmm. Well, you give her or him yours. Exactly. Okay, that's simple. 
Okay? You don't you, you have to understand maybe they just had a customer before you that really hurt them. Mm-hmm. They took away that smile. But here, if I don't have this understanding about why he or she is like that, hmm, already being judgmental no. or prejudging this other person. So my lack of understanding, I'm worse than what I'm judging. Exactly. So basically here, the, the simple thing is not only try, understand. Exactly. Four tips on how to bear wrongs patiently. Number one, in act of love and in love, accept consequences of others, thoughtless, thoughtlessness and carelessness. So kind of goes to what you mentioned, um, especially on the road, guys. Um, <laughs> number two, suffer inconveniences which another should bear. Um, and I, was, I guess here I was trying to point out to just offer things up when it comes to things that other people are going through. Um, one way you can do that is by offering up a whatever it is to the father for reparation of whatever someone is going through. Yeah. Number three, offer up being accused, like the first station of the cross. Um, and number four, always remember Jesus in his passion. So I think sometimes we forget that, oh, why me, why me? And we forget that the God of the universe went through it all before us. Yeah. To show us, to model as to how we ought to respond to these things. Um, and so there's no suffering that you don't go through that Christ doesn't go through with you. So to keep that in mind, um, as the next time we have wrongs upon us. Second to last is forgiving all injuries. I don't know, does that have, is there like a different translation with yours? Yes, it does. Forgive offenses? Um, yeah, to forgive offenses pretty much. And in our action, it's very simple. Open heart. Just have an open heart. But to have an open heart, you must be vulnerable. Yes, and important. Be, and be willing to do so. Okay? Not to say that you're going to become a victim, but probably there is some action deeper known as sacrifice that you can have to offer. Yeah. Okay? An open heart exposes you. And parents do that a lot. That's why they get hurt constantly by their kids. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and sometimes there's some kids that are open-hearted with their parents and they get hurt as well. Yeah. You know, vice versa. So when it comes to, to this, um, we, we just have to be honest with an open heart. It's, it's right. I talked about how simple this is. There's eight tips to forgive offenses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one, um, but all doable, all doable. Uh, number one, forgive those who have hurt us no matter how strong they've ever hurt us. Uh, number two, love your enemies. Number three, love and forgive others as Christ loves and forgives us. Yeah. If you want any imagery, think of the cross. Look at the cross. Because that's what God's love put him there. And don't take your sin lightly either because that same sin put him there. So right. again, love and forgive others as Christ loves and forgives us. Number four, failing to forgive will be will bring further harm than hurt. Sorry, will bring further harm to the hurt, yeah. to the initial hurt. Right. Sure. So remember, failing to forgive, that's important. So forgive. Number five, let go of grudges. <laughs> Let me repeat that one more time. Let go of grudges. Number six, do the Elsa thing. Let it go. Yeah, I would sing, but no, she's too high. So number <laughs> number six, learn to say sorry. 
or as I teach my kids, and I think I learned from you, uh, will you forgive me? Ask that famous question, will you forgive me? Number seven, go to confession. And last but not least, it takes only seven minutes, I counted, pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Please. Every time at three o'clock, that's the holy hour. And it strengthens you. It does. It does. It does. So just keep that in mind. It makes your heart wider yes. when it comes open. There you go. So do those eight tips. Um, and by the way, side note, feel free to pe- put pause or rewind this podcast whenever you have a chance because I know we're kind of going fast paced here. Number last, the last one is praying for the living and the dead. Okay. On that in itself, it's just the basic prayerful support. That's the action. Yeah. That prayerful support. But the prayerful support, it's not only saying a prayer here on my own. You got to share it. You know, um, come up, do an action of prayer, and then let them know that you did this for them. It's incredible because when you share that like that, in that moment that that other person is receiving it, you don't know how much of a difference it does on what they're going through. Because God uses that time of His to make Himself known through that. Yeah. So it's incredible that when you have prayer support and you say, yes, I'm going to be praying for you, let them know that you did. Exactly. You know, take a picture. Uh, let's say you, you, you went to do um, a visit an adoration for you know, within the Blessed Sacrament. Take a picture of that and say, I just came to pray for you. Man, what an impact it does. Yeah. Okay? Or... You, you stopped okay yeah. the church was closed but i took a picture because i i parked in front of the church and i took a picture and i said a little our father for you send the picture and tell him that i said an our father for you i stopped here wow it transforms it really does a big difference i know and, and it's weird because i actually had that today today a good friend of mine uh kenny he sends me a picture actually three pictures of one of saint therese like in a like in a and that not a not a tomb uh, where she's laying mm-hmm. okay so yeah there uh our lady of mount carmel which happy feast day oh yeah. coming up yeah coming up um <laughs> and then um and then a, a wider picture and they said and he said um i'm at the shrine of saint therese and i offered um your job your journey and your soul to her along with our lady of mount carmel since it's coming up and that he is he was praying like, oh my gosh that's so good like how that's awesome like, to receive these things um, to know that someone else was thinking of you at that time I have a, a very good friend of mine a classmate okay and we're tocayos it's René too René Parra okay René does something for me has been doing it probably for the past three years um, he lives somewhere up north in Texas okay but he visits the Blessed Sacrament in adoration time and he uses one of his visits strictly and solely for my my prayer intentions. Beautiful. And he sends me Amin. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I know that someone, in this case Rene Tokayo, okay, I really uh, admire and love, you know, my classmate, my friend, that he goes in before the Lord and he comes in in my name, in my presence, in my intentions. When every any anybody who has asked me for prayer, yeah. right there. And I know for a fact that the same thing happens not only here with Rene, which he actually sends me a picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, 
of Jesus and or uh, the chapel. Um, I had the same situation many times that happens with our sisters over here at Sacred Heart Children's Home. Mm-hmm. When I ask them for, for prayer and I see that candle next to the Blessed Sacrament on, it's because I know behind that candle is a sister and her knees praying for that intention. Exactly. So it, it's, it's beautiful for us to support ourselves like that. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, it brings it bring Christ to the present. That's awesome. That's so good. Uh, six practical ways to pray for the living and the dead. Number one, share in the communion of saints by praying for everyone. Yeah. We are also part of the communion of saints, so keep that in mind. Number two, pray for those who have gone before us. Um, and that's really evident in the next couple of tips that we're going to talk about. Number three, strive to be a saint yourself because that's what your purpose is. That's why you're created, period. Believe it. Number four, attend Mass as often as you can. And here in the Mass where you can actually pray for those who have gone before us because they're actually present in the Mass. God allows this moment to happen, especially at the moment where the Holy Spirit comes down upon the gifts and everybody's there. Everybody's there. The whole family is there. Um, number five, offer up your prayers for your family and ask saints to pray for you and your family. And number six, very important, pray for the Holy Souls in purgatory. And one of the things that I, I want to consolidate all of this one here is make sure that the best prayer that you can offer those have gone before us is a mass intention and then call out your your family members to go or their family members to attend do that okay it's incredible how that love is so powerful exactly okay and and, um on on that note you know um i want to say to all our knights of columbus families here you have, all right, without a title of leadership, <laughs> the availability of being able to continue in this beautiful work of love, which is basically following the vision of Father McGivney as a members of the Knights of Columbus to do something positive, not only for our families, but for everybody. This is a how-to. So I really challenge you in, on, on this, and, and I really invite you to, with a tremendous commitment, to be able to do some of this and, and practice them, okay? Because this is the how-to. And, and you have research in the spiritual works of mercy of how you can, your family, become fully active into it. So that, that's the invitation for you today. And I think to be more concrete, be like blessed, hopefully one day, if Saint, he's in the same ranking of our blessed Father McGivney. Um, Let's appear Giorgio Fersati. He was known as the man of the Beatitudes. And so he constantly worked on the Beatitudes, lived out the Beatitudes, but also all of these encompass the work of mercy. As on his deathbed, on his deathbed, he was trying to make sure that every single person he was taking care of, uh, he was taking care of like the living expenses of like 24 families on his own. And he yeah, was like 24 years that. old. Yes, yeah. um, low key, he's like the patriot of my manhood. So trying to make it work um really set the bar really high um nonetheless let's appear Georgia Fursati is a good intercessor when it comes to the works of mercy since he did it all himself as well and so of course ask the intercession for a blessing from blessed Michael McGivney um who is the founder of Arnati Columbus and again you want to know how to get to heaven you want to know how to be a saint this is a way to be a saint to do the will of the father and all these things are encompassed in the works of mercy amen Thank you.